0: I don't know when music died, but it was sick for a long time. Music needs to be, really slap. I want to go. Music back. Music was better. Was better. Was, was better. Was, was better. Music
1: was better. The podcast! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music Was Better, the podcast where we talk about your favorite songs and the wacky cuckoo crazy ridiculous youtube comments that people write about them <laughs> my name is vince and i'm here to tell you i heard these songs before the show stranger things suck it youngins
2: the original hipster my name is sammers stranger danger sammers <laughs> stranger <laughs> oh no things getting stranger around here and i'm a stranger Oh. And I'm a thing. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> so if you didn't know by that introduction or this episode's title or the art accompanying this episode, we're talking about songs from the television show, the Netflix streaming show. Da-dung. Stranger Things.
2: Yeah, the new season recently dropped.
1: Uh, yeah, new season dropped, and with it, uh, a Kate Bush song went reached its highest heights. But we'll get, that, get to that in just a little bit.
2: Mm, hmm I haven't watched any of the new season yet. Oh, yeah. A little intimidated by episode length.
1: Yeah, every episode is a, a documentary about the Holocaust. As to what the length is of every episode.
2: Oh, it's Ken Burns produced yeah. this one. Ken this Burns, episode, Stranger season. Things. <laughs> it's like old-timey music playing, now back in Indiana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's like a, I don't know if you've seen this minor controversy on TikTok, but people are like, they're not dressed like the 80s, they're dressed like the 70s. And oh. then somebody did like a side-by-side photo of... Max and uh, another character—I can't remember their names—and they were dressed exactly like two characters from that '70s show, like the exact <laughs> same shirts that were worn on that '70s show.
2: They probably found them like in the in the props department or something, the costuming department.
1: Yeah, and they're like, ah, oh, close enough. They
2: are the same size as Fez.
1: These characters are poor. They probably didn't buy any new clothes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll try to keep this uh, spoiler free, you know, because Sam some can't of spoil. Us, yeah, and uh, you know, you never know if you've seen it or not, or if you care. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never
2: know if you've seen it or not. I sure don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess let's just dig right into it. Let's let's Should
2: we run up that hill. Yeah, let's
1: run up. Let's make that deal with God.
2: Mm. if only we believed <laughs> <laughs> sorry god running up that hill was the first single from Kate bush's 1985 album hounds of love ow, ow,
0: ow. we're in love
2: the song peaked at number three on uk's singles chart and reached 30 on the billboard hot 100 her highest ever in the united states so this is kind of an embarrassing question. This deep in our podcast is Billboard U.S. only.
1: Yes, correct. Okay, there's like the I think there might be a Billboard in other countries, but uh, typically when I when we're referring to it on this show, we're talking about the U.S. Okay. Because America is number one, America. We got the best
0: presidents.
1: We got the best musics.
2: We got the best TV shows ranger things. We got
1: the best nostalgia because <laughs> no matter what time it is, it was always better before.
2: Uh, the song is about making a deal with God to swap lives with another person. Bush explained in a 1985 interview, is she British? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think. It's about a relationship between a man and a woman. They love each other very much. <laughs> That's more Irish than British. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stop. I'll just try to do her a high voice, like when she sings. Oh. And the power of the relationship is something that gets in the way.
1: Nope. Okay. Maybe her as a little kid.
2: <laughs> it creates insecurities. It's saying if the man could be the woman and the woman the man. If they could make a deal with God to change places, that they'd understand what it's like to be the other person, and perhaps it would clear up misunderstandings. You know, all the little problems. There would be no problem. It ain't no problem problem I' a problem, ain't a
1: problem. <laughs> this is a song that everyone has their own like interpretation of yeah and that very few people like see it her way but
2: yeah, I thought it was just like keep going keep running up that hill make the... a deal with God to get to the top of the hill. <laughs> what's at the top of the hill we don't know, but you're running up it
1: this is a a, a song about the time I tried to run a five k. <laughs> Please, God, just get me to the top of this hill. I will go to church every day.
2: I'm going to get with God. <laughs> That's what you sounded like as you were running, grabbing a little cup of Gatorade. I'm going to get to hell with God.
1: <laughs> the uh, people handing out water and gator are like, what? What'd you say? Uh, no- uh, nothing. <laughs> I'll just run up <wrap> this hill. <laughs> are you him? Are you him? Yeah. Are you him with a capital e? A?
2: <laughs> you got me with that one. Are you him? (laughs) Bush wrote the song with the title Deal With God. Her label made her change it because they didn't think radio stations would play a song with God in the title. Joke's on them, because what if God was one of us?
1: Uh, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys.
2: Go tell it on the mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got another quote here from Kate. For me, that is the title. But I was told that if I insisted on calling the song that, the radio stations in at least ten countries would refuse to play it because it had God in the title. Spain, Italy, America. Lots of them. I thought it was ridiculous.
0: <laughs>
1: Here's three countries and you know, lots of them. Spain, maybe I can see there's probably a lot of religious people there. Mm-hmm. It's pretty strong, you know, religious there. Italy.
2: Hey, that's where the that's where the Vatican is.
1: Oh yeah, so they just don't want to
2: They don't want to piss off one of their, their biggest pulp.
1: Yeah, one of their biggest renters or whatever.
2: <laughs> In America, everyone gets mad about everything, so I guess I see their point there.
1: <laughs> but that's why we're number one.
2: <clears throat> yeah, number one, most mad. <laughs> Infuriated, even. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bush still regrets letting them rename her song, but her previous album didn't do very well, and she wanted to make sure the song got airplay. So now...
1: You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do, Kate Bush. Yeah, Kate. Just do it.
2: The music video, like many of Bush's videos, used interpretive dance to express the emotion of the song. Bush and her dance partner, Michael Havut, I assume it's French.
1: We. Oui. Uh,
2: uh, merci. Perform an intimate dance routine before they're torn apart by a crowd of masked strangers. <gasps> Stranger things? The choreography draws Foreshadowing. upon... Foreshadowing. <laughs> the choreography draws upon contemporary dance with a repeated gesture suggested of drawing a bow and arrow. Mm. Drawing, mm. not painting. Like, interpretive dance. Like, I, I get it. It's, it's artistic. Sometimes it's, like, you're just...
1: Yeah, I thought this when we were watching <coughs> the music video earlier. Um, like, you listen to this song... On the radio, and you're like, "Oh, that's this pretty good. It's pretty catchy. It's pretty whatever, you know." But you, it's you. She's got a new. She's got a unique voice. You know all the things you could say. Mm-hmm. Well written. But if you are first introduced to Kate Bush via the video, like I was, you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with this person?" <laughs> I know it's interpretive dance, but she looks like something's very wrong with her. Like. She's a stranger thing. Yeah. She's a uh, Demogorgons.
2: Oh no. She
1: won't let Gorgons.
2: She's like uh Julia Stiles in Save the Last Dance. <laughs> is
1: that the movie where she does interpretive dance? Yeah, her and So Mackay Pfeiffer or is that the other one? Or is yeah, that I
2: don't know. She was in a lot of dancing movies. When
1: um, you got the when you got the feet, you gotta get get them sweet. Sweet.
2: Give the heat. With your feet. Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce.
1: <laughs> Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce.
2: Well, instead of airing the music video, MTV decided to use footage from Bush's performance on a BBC TV program. Program. That's what they'd say it on the BBC. BBC. Program. It's a program. They'll
1: say, it's a program. It's a program, is no, it? program. Oi.
2: Oi, and then we've got the advertisements in between.
1: No, they don't. Oh, fuckers. Boba C is owned by the government. (laughs) Fucking Tories. (laughs) No, it's
2: Kate Bush, not Tory. (laughs) According to Kate's brother, Paddy Bush, (laughs) like P A D D Y, Paddy Bush, MTV weren't particularly interested in broadcasting videos that didn't have synchronized lip movements in them. They like the idea of people singing songs. Just he mean to say lip syncing?
1: Instead I, I mean, if you're...
2: Synchronized lip movements. I'm, I'm,
1: mm. I'm guessing in that family they call lip syncing synchronized lip movements. Mm, right. Like, everything is, like, two, three too many words. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, instead of just causing, like, I'm just vibing. They're like, ah, I'm interpretive dancing. <laughs>
2: The song has been covered numerous times, including by Placebo, who landed the song to an episode of The O.C., and a WrestleMania match promo for The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26. I did not know that, and I don't know who Placebo is.
1: Placebo's version is like, it was like a precursor to every movie trailer now. You Uh, know, it was like,
0: If I only could... Make a deal
1: with God. You know, just, like, so slowed down and... Creepy. Like, creepy, yeah. Uh, but I just thought this was funny, because imagine if it was just the real Kate Bush version... Right. ...for Shawn Michaels <laughs> <I think> and
2: <laughs> The Undertaker. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Make a deal with God. <laughs> was that... Was 26 the first one or the second one? I think one? it...
1: Well, this is Shawn Michaels' last match, so...
2: Well, I guess he didn't make a deal with God.
1: He did, to, Undertaker like, get off drugs. <laughs> it was
2: his idea to use the song. Regular version. <laughs> yeah. Kate Bush version.
1: Vince McMahon's like, I'm not paying for that,
2: pal. <laughs> Let's get placebo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Vince McMahon's like, you ever heard of this new band called Placebo? They slap, dog. <laughs> um,
2: well, okay. Big Boy from OutKast has said that Kate Bush and Bob Marley are his 1A and 1B for all-time favorite artists. He said he would listen to Running Up That Hill while riding his bike to school. That's badass. Running Up That Hill gained renewed attention after it was prominently featured in the fourth season of Stranger Things, and it shot up the charts. It reached number one on iTunes in the US and the UK. Pandora saw a 23145 percent increase in streams for the song in the past week and a 224.2 percent increase in thumbs
1: up on the song so what was that like nine point nine point two five do they just not think like i don't want to give a thumbs up up. (laughs) weird well get this
2: moving on to spotify there was a more than 9,900% increase in Spotify streams in the U.S. And a more than 1,600% increase in global streams of Kate Bush's catalog.
1: So crazy. not only the
2: song, but the catalog for global streams. That's crazy. That's, I didn't even know percentages could go that high. I thought 100 was maybe <laughs> Maybe 110.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> That's like... it. Hey, if I'm at work and they ask me to give 9,900%, no thank you. I'm sticking with the 50.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Running up that hill re-entered the Hot 100 this week.
1: Yeah, that just came out yesterday.
2: Landing at number 8, far surpassing its prior number 30 peak, and becoming
1: Bush's first top 10 on the U.S. chart. Pretty crazy, uh... I would guess that number 30 in, what was it, 1985 or 1986
2: mm-hmm.
1: probably made her more money than huh. number eight today, you know? Like, yeah. no, nobody's buying this music, you know? But still, impressive. Yeah. Number one is uh, Harry Styles as it was. I don't know why. It's not that good.
2: Because it's big on TikTok. I'm telling you, it's this all This is big on together. TikTok. Yes, so it is all tied together. It's all tied together. That's why this song that I'm about to sing was number one for a long time. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: We should look up the peak chart performance of whatever that song
2: was. <laughs> is it even a real song?
1: I don't or know. just
2: a sound? I don't know how these technologies work. Kate Bush really approves her music for use in television, but made an exception for Stranger Things. The Stranger Things team created elaborate scene descriptions to provide as much context as possible so that Kate and her camp would have a full understanding of the use. uses. Is. is it used multiple times?
1: Uh, yeah, it's used in two episodes. Oh,
2: wow. Which
1: I, Which I should say a lot of people in the comments did not realize. Mm. like in like the first episode like she just listened to it Uh, oh and then they were like
2: there should have been a bigger part of the show
1: and then in like the later episode they're like what's her favorite song Uh, and then the place is like and then i saw comments where people were like when they said they had to find her favorite song i didn't know what they were gonna choose like she was listening to (laughs) it in the first episode (laughs) pay attention get off your phones! Yeah, you
2: only caught the one part that has Will's birthday on it, but you can't listen to a song on an episode. Disappointed. <laughs> and actually, Bush was a big fan of the show. Once the team could understand the intent and the vision, Bush granted her
1: permission. It's just That just shows that like everyone gets lame as they get older. <laughs> Not that, like, strangers think it was bad or anything, but like to go from being Kate Bush... I need an interpretive dance for every one of my songs to be in life. No you know what show I like? Stranger Things.
2: <laughs> Who knows, maybe there was like a stipulation where in the last episode, Hopper has to do an interpretive dance to this or something.
1: That'd be hot.
2: <laughs> if he's still alive, I don't know. I haven't watched season four yet. I
1: haven't watched season three. He's <laughs> dead.
2: Oh. <laughs> no, it's a question mark. Well, Kate said... You might have heard that the first part of the fantastic, gripping new series of Stranger Things has recently been released on Netflix. It features the song Running Up That Hill, which is being given a whole new lease of life by the young fans who love the show. I love it too! Because of this, Running Up That Hill is charted around the world and entered the UK chart at number 8. It's all really exciting! Thanks very much to everyone who has supported the song. I wait with bated breath for the rest of the series in July.
1: Kate, there's, your song's probably not on that episode. So.
2: I also don't believe that she wrote that. <laughs> or said it.
1: But it is very much like
2: an older woman. That like.
1: sounds like PR. So very
2: exciting! <laughs>
1: Yeah, it sounds like a mom, a wine mom wrote it. Yeah. I just don't want to believe that Kate Bush is a wine mom. I refuse. You might have heard that the first part of the fantastic, gripping new season of Stranger
2: Things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the official video has 57
1: million views on YouTube. Um, apparently like 10 days ago or two weeks ago, it had like 40, Hmm. 43 million views.
2: Well, it probably would have more if it would be the first thing that comes up when you search for it. Now it's like Stranger Things clip. So who knows how many it was supposed to have.
1: Well, 57 million have watched it. Yeah. Now it's time to read some of those people's comments. I'm scared. First comment here from Christina Kasiski By the way, I should say that, uh, you know, usually when you look at YouTube comments, you get like a mix like this one's from a week ago. This one's from 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, with this one, I could not find any older than a week old. Oh, geez. Like, I hit page down so many times and it was still like. And you can't sort from oldest. You, no, you cannot sort by oldest. Ah, fuckers. And that's like what I do on like dating apps. And that's what I want to do on YouTube.
2: So. looking for a sugar mommy? <laughs>
1: yeah. Or just a mommy? <laughs> I'm looking for my mom wherever she is. <laughs> anyway, Christina says, Kudos to Stranger Things. Loved that scene. And the whole new season rocks. But FYI, some of us have been fans of this amazing song and the amazing Kate Bush For a tad longer. Winky face. (laughs) Everyone who's new here, do delve into her work. You won't regret it. Ooh, nothing
2: like starting off as the
1: gatekeeper. There is people out there who are mad that new people are discovering it. Mm -hmm. For some reason. That comes up a lot more in our next song, Foreshadowing. Mm. Uh, But with this one, it was more like, Hey, did you like the show Stranger Things? Check out Every album she's ever <laughs> released, you know, like list and like listing every single one. Like,
2: yeah, oh like
1: start God. with this one, then go to this one. Like it's uh, Like, it's Kristen Dunst in that really bad Cram and Crow* movie. You ever seen that? I don't remember what it's called. No. Mm. So I really don't remember what it's called. *Elizabeth Town*. It's probably annoying some listener out there. I apologize, but uh, <laughs> but what she does is. She like is talking to Orlando Bloom okay and she's like, hey, you you go for this drive and listen to these CDs in this order and then it's like he arrives in some city and a certain song is playing mm-hmm. and she like planned it out. It's like what if you had to go to the bathroom or yeah. something like your home traffic? Whole, it's like so Get gas. illogical. like what is this, a Star Trek? yeah
2: yeah love it though. Hey, all you fake Kate Bush fans, I'm the real Kate Bush fan. My name is Christina, with a random Z in it. (laughs) Chris-z-tina!
1: Let's just move on to another comment from A.D. A.D.? It's Anthony uh, Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers.
2: Oh, the brow.
1: No wonder LeBron is sick of his shit. (laughs) Just writing comments. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just gonna be part of this one. It says, love this song. Love how they used it on the show. And loved it more when I found out that Kate was a fan of the show before the song was even used. Like, what does that have to do with your feelings about it? Yeah.
2: Also, was she a fan of the show? Did she even know it existed? They just said, here's the, what the scenes are, and here's the how much money we'll give you.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of uh, the Rembrandts, but I'm a bigger fan, now that I know they watch Friends. Yeah. Uh, here's a comment from the NZ Froggy. What? <laughs> I'm thinking New Zealand, maybe? I hope. They say, uh, it's not that people are discovering Kate Bush because of Stranger Things, It's that she was so far ahead of her time, we are only just catching up now. Her music only gets better every time you listen to it.
2: Uh, I don't know. It it seems like it was pretty popular when it was released. (laughs) I mean, Big Boy liked it.
1: People are literally discovering it now because of Stranger things. Things. There's no, like, alternate reason. They saw it on the show.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: the extra 10 million views or whatever. Right. Are from a show. (laughs) It's not because, like, randomly. She's so far ahead of her time, but that time is right now. Yeah.
2: 2022. Summer of 2022 was the song of the summer. Running up that hill.
1: (laughs) I saw one of the blog posts I read said, you know what? This song might be the song of the summer. It's like. (laughs)
2: Maybe if they get a remix. Re, re, remix. I mean,
1: that would be perfect for this world. For the top movie of the summer to be Top Gun and the top song to be <laughs> Kate Bush. I mean, take me back. Take me back. Me back. We don't, Everything looks better. Who needs a time machine when we're living in 1985 <laughs> right now? They say we're supposed to learn from the past. Instead, we just do it again. We're living in 1985. That's right. 1984, but one worse. Oh, here's a comment from Daniel Weiss. What you folks of today's generation don't understand is that the whole basic feeling in the music was a much more meaningful and real than it is today. You can bring that back and keep it constant and form a society that is more soulful and real.
2: <laughs> Not a society.
1: Is this the Joker? Do you know what else came out like around this time? Like, I want candy. That was so much more meaningful.
2: <laughs> yeah. We we could never understand. I guess not. Thanks, Daniel.
1: Uh, here's a comment from Tom Ripley.
2: Believe it or not.
1: <laughs> this song comes from Kate Bush's soul. Not one sound on it that she didn't put there. Complete control of her artistry. That's why we're celebrating her over 40 years down the line. Current artists complain that they are competing with Classic Artist's Back Catalog for streams. One answer to that, produce music of this quality and we'll listen. Up your game. Hear that, Lizzo? (laughs) Hear that, Lizzo? Up your game!
2: (laughs) Not Tom the Boomer.
1: Do Do artists really complain about that? Like, ugh. I don't know. I'm so mad that people are listening to this Bruce Springsteen instead of me. Yeah. Like what are you what are you fucking talking about? Don't now? they
2: know that I put every sound on there from my soul? I'm Jack Harlow for crying out loud. I don't know any of the songs. <laughs> I'm Billy Eilish for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> I'm Chet Hanks for crying out loud.
2: <laughs> I'm the Island boy for crying out loud. <laughs>
1: Oh, wait, there's two of them. No, just the one. He's going mm. solo.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, next one's
2: now an island man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> up next, we have G- uh, Godjo X. All right. In our Reply Guy segment.
0: Guy. So,
1: uh, Godjo writes, If you're young and this is your first contact with Kate's music, please listen to the whole album and some more. You've just discovered one of the best artists of the 20th century. Sure. Yeah. Uh, But uh, we have a reply from BR2K, who writes, The tempo doesn't change. (laughs) The music barely builds. There's virtually no instrumentation other than that goose honk with (laughs) autotune. The lyrical lines are disjointed and unresolved. This is like a Hilary Duff tune, without the excuse of being a teenager.
2: Did you ever in your life think you would have Kate Bush compared to Hillary, <laughs> Duff? <dunk?
1: laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, when uh, Let the Rain Fall Down came out, I was like, you know what? This might be the next Kate Bush.
2: Because you know what they have in common? That goose honk. <laughs> like
1: the goose honk her, you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh.
1: ah. <laughs>
2: Annoying goose game? More like annoying goose sound in the song, according to BR2K.
1: We all got haters out there, even Kate Bush. Sad to see. Yep. Change up the tempo, I guess. A uh, comment here from Extrastina Temp. <laughs> it is comforting that through a series, an older song is introduced again. But on the other hand, it is disturbing oh. that such a classic needs a series to be heard. Oh my. There are some bands and songs that everyone should have listened to at least once, even if they d- decide they don't like eventually. <laughs> that's that's impossible. Like where, where do these people like expect you to to learn? Yeah, like in le- like you learn this because it was probably on the radio. Yeah, when you can when you're young or you saw it on MTV or you had a friend or your parents listened like if to you're. It. 15 years old or whatever right like why would you how would you have heard this unless your parents liked it
2: yeah i mean you learn to breathe you learn to walk you learn to talk you got to listen to this entire list of bands and songs that everyone should listen to at least once even if you find out you don't like it eventually right and that should be in the rules of life i guess if
1: this is what you think everyone should have listened to at least once then go to your local school board meeting and demand yeah that they that's have how, a, a pop music class that's how we get change we start from the local yeah and get rid of some of these books they're they're not they're not good
2: no they're not replace the library with running up that hill deal with blank cuz you can't say god in school thanks a lot oh yeah
1: this would never be played in schools (laughs) they just instead of god it's like the censored
2: beep (laughs) make a deal with beep (laughs) Um, teacher what are they saying right there are they saying fuck no something much worse (laughs) cunt no (laughs) much worse teacher what do they say they say
1: God. god Uh, Let's move on to a comment from Danny Mew. Huh? Danny Mew. Danny Mew. While it probably wasn't the very first time I heard this song, my best early memory of hearing the song was circa December 1985. Oh. I was 15 years old and a sophomore in high school. The song came on the radio while riding the bus home. It was a cold, snowy late afternoon. As the early daylight casting a soft blue hue over the snowy landscape surrounding us was starting to give way to the long night ahead. It was a slow, treacherous ride home, but I made it nonetheless. I still think of this memory every time I hear the song.
2: Yikes. It sounds like your own personal hell.
1: Yeah, is that like uh, the the bus from Night end of Nightmare and Elm Street? But like, you're on the bus.
2: Yeah, so it wasn't Were the roads your, bad? It wasn't your treacherous ride home. Yeah, like you weren't driving. You didn't have a busload of fucking annoying kids yelling and screaming and kicking, and then one weirdo who's like, Megan deal is God <laughs> looking out the window, acting like they're in a music video.
1: <laughs> they wrote this comment like they nearly died on top of Mount Everest. Yeah. But they just rode the bus home.
2: I guess some people riding the bus home is their Mount Everest. This is another comment where it's like, I don't think I could remember a memory like this where it's like one of the first times I heard a song. I was right here on a on a bench in the park, and the daylight was
1: yellow. Yeah, it's like the thing where it's a nostalgia for absolutely nothing.
2: Yeah, that was probably like
1: I have nostalgia for riding the bus home in the winter. Okay, yeah, go you could then. Still,
2: you could be a bus driver. Actually, probably not. You probably aren't allowed allowed around kids. Oh, moving on.
1: We got a comment here from Rocky Balboa.
2: You gonna read it yourself, Rocky? We got a special guest. I... Everyone, woo! Welcome, Rocky. Hey,
0: hey, hey is me, Rocky. Heyo, heyo.
2: How's it going? You Kid
0: Bush fan? You wanna read big, your comment for us? Well, why don't you help me? Why don't you read uh, the first line there?
2: Daddy, there's a new song. It's incredible.
0: Yes, my daughter. Hey, oh, hey, my daughter. Do- Can I do it? Yes, my daughter. I- <laughs> hey, yes, my daughter. I've been listening to this over 32 years. Me and Adrian used to listen to it back in the day.
1: <laughs> that was the worst, worst fucking Rocky impression ever.
0: Daddy!
2: <laughs> There's a new song. Incredible.
0: Yes, my daughter. <laughs> I've been listening What the fuck is wrong with It
2: sounds like you're taking your last breaths on your deathbed,
0: Rocky. Are you okay? Do you need an oxygen machine? Hey, yo. It's, Rocky! It's my ticker. You wouldn't understand. Rocky! You know, when I was punching all that meat, it wasn't good for the for digestion. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, Rocky. Adrian Pauly. Rocky, too. <laughs> my favorite uh my favorite fight i was in was probably rocky four but me and my daughter i didn't have her in the movie but you know not everything is canon uh we really like that Kate bush sometimes i'm punching meat just me at home punching the meat not like you kids these days, like a real punch in the meat. I put up wrong. that K Bush song and is a, a great deal.
2: Yeah, it motivates you. Polly Creed. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming by, Rocky.
0: Will we visit again? Of course. Woo! Get out of here, you scallywag. Alright, I gotta go punch some more meat.
1: Okay, that sounds like a personal problem. Finally, our last comment comes from iStream ooh tears yeah, that's me on Twitch. Vince is streaming crying <laughs> I get like so many subs you and I impaired. bet I bet you would should we do that
2: Let us know if you want to see um, streaming of Vince crying on
1: Twitch. Thank you. Anyway Istream says Kate is wherever she is now wondering how this blew up now.
2: <laughs> uh, yep. I'm I'm sure she's wondering I didn't make a deal with the Netflix.
1: <laughs> I like to know how things work, you know? I try to figure out how things work, but yeah. I know that some people aren't like that, but do you really think that you can just use any song without like asking them for it? She just wakes up in the morning like, what the hell? Number 8 on Spotify. She gets a check in the mail. $50? What the heck? $50 <laughs> check from Spotify? Oh my god! What's happening? Patty, we're going to Applebee's. <laughs> it's crazy how um, so many people discovered uh, Kate Bush from Stranger Things, you know? Yeah. Like, they should discover it like me, where they have a girlfriend who thinks she's arty and really likes the Wuthering Heights song, and you think it's really fucking stupid. But then, after you break up, you just, like, listen to it, and you're like, You know what? It's not that bad. I just didn't like her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's more organic. Yeah, like,
1: more people should do it that way. Yeah. You know what else they should do?
2: Probably follow us on social media.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. On Instagram. Twitter. Uh, Facebook. TikTok. And whatever else you want to use. I uh, just got to go to App music was better. Yeah, we also have all our songs that you can find, listen to on this show on a playlist on Spotify. Or, of course, you can like our podcast and give us a review on Spotify, iTunes. Don't
2: forget to subscribe and tell your friends. Make yeah. a deal with God. To share our podcast. It's what she would want. That's what she is saying in her interpretive dance. I was saying, gosh. Oh, capital S. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, I get it, I get it. Should I Stay or Should I Go is a 1981 song by The Clash from their album Combat Rock. It performed modestly on the charts at the time of its release, peaking on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 45 and at number 17 on the UK Singles Chart. The official vid- video has 4.8 million views
1: on YouTube. Doesn't wow. that seem like crazy low? Yeah. Because
2: <laughs> it's like, I feel like this is a song you just always know.
1: For sure. Hmm.
2: Well, however, the song ended up receiving attention in the 90s when it appeared in a Levi's commercial. The song was re-released in ninety one and topped the UK's singles chart.
1: Because of a Levi's commercial. Talk about like a different world that
0: Yeah inst-
1: <laughs> instead of a show called Stranger Things. In the nineties. Our commercials were our Stranger Things. Wow. Levi's was my eleven. That's so true.
2: <laughs> and Ego were my Ego. Oh. <laughs> The recording sessions for the song were filled with bad blood, and Mick Jones left the band in 1983. It had been speculated that the song is a comment on Jones' position in the band. It was also rumored to be about Jones' girlfriend, Ellen Foley, who acted on the TV series Night Court and sang with Meatloaf on Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Ooh. Steamy.
1: Yeah, uh... I think it's the girlfriend thing. What
2: do you think? Oh, yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Heard it here first, folks. We have made the final decision.
2: It's all about that. The album and the song came at a unique time in the band as Mick Jones was trying to write more mainstream chart hits while... Joe Strummer was more intrigued by following his political passions and using the band to raise awareness. This is one of the least political songs on the album and was designed to be played on the radio. Like, what were some of Joe Strummer's songs? Like, Tear Down the Berlin Wall. I don't know
1: what happened around 1981, 1983. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, like, Rock rock the Casbah, that's a... There's a political message there, but... Yeah, what is it? It's a fabulous account of a ban on Western rock music by by an Arab king. Oh. The king tried to stop his population from listening to music, such as ordering his military's jet fighters to bomb people in violation of the ban. What? The pilots ignore the orders and instead play rock music on their cockpit radios. The population then proceed to rock the casbah by dancing to the music. Is that a true story? No, but the song oh. was inspired. <laughs> it was inspired by the ban on Western music in Iran after the nineteen seventy nine Islamic Revolution.
2: Okay, that really happened. okay, okay.
1: So that happened. You know, Thanks I just for sharing that. Yeah, I just came up that. I mean, yeah, you just from memory, but yeah, you're
2: very you're very good on um political references in in rock music.
1: Yeah, it's it's my passion.
2: Yeah, it is. I can tell.
1: Right after YouTube comments.
2: <laughs> uh, Well, let's see. Should I stay or should I go? Okay. It was thought that people who enjoyed this song and then bought the album would be s- surprised by the band's strong critique of dominant Western values.
1: I love that. And I think we need to do more of it. Like, like you know, like Harry Styles needs to come out with like watermelon sugar. And then people yeah. are like, we got to get that album. And then the rest of the rest of the songs are just the Communist Manifesto, <laughs> just read <right> aloud. <laughs> yeah,
2: just read <right> aloud
1: <laughs> <laughs> to the beat of Watermelon
2: Sugar. The Communist Manifesto.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Lizzo, Lizzo same thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, I like it. Just bamboozling people.
1: Yeah, tr- trick them.
2: Yeah, and then you play the album backwards, and it's and it says. David, it's your mom,
0: Satan. <laughs> Paul is dead.
2: Things
1: like that. I don't know how we're going to radicalize people by doing that, but okay.
2: Hey, I mean, people got time on their hands. That's true. Can understand things backwards. Also, how
1: do you play a Spotify backwards? <laughs> okay, you download it. They're not allowed.
2: Ugh. Okay, you record it on your phone. Put it in Snapchat.
1: Reverse effect. We're probably going to get arrested just for saying, recorded on your phone. I didn't say it. Ashton is coming to our house with no. those CIA buddies.
2: Should I stay or should I go uses an unusual technique. Spanish lyrics echoing the English word with, should I stay or should I go now, being followed by, yo me en frío o lo sopio.
1: Did you ever realize that?
2: Soplo? Sopio? Soplo?
1: No. Yeah, like the whole chorus. I mean, that's the first line, but then the whole, the rest oh, of is them. it.
2: like, should I stay or should I go now? Yo, mo, yo, mefrio, so, blow. Yeah. Oh. I, th-
1: I don't know if I ever realized that. Me neither. What a fun fact. Shows how, uh, observant I am. Yeah, I didn't notice it
2: either, and I'm the most observant person.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: the Spanish backing vocals are sung by. Joe Strummer, and Joe Ellie. Eli?
1: That's all I was, was that Eli.
2: <laughs> Strummer said, quote, On the spur of the moment, I said, I'm going to do the back, backing vocals in Spanish. <laughs> we need a translator. So Eddie Garcia, the tape operator, called his mother in Brooklyn Heights and read her the lyrics over the phone, and she translated them. But Eddie and his mom are Ecuadorian, so it's Ecuadorian Spanish that me and Joe... Eli are singing on the backing vocals.
1: Imagine being Eddie's mom.
2: Yeah, did she get any write- a writer's credit? Doubt. Controversy!
1: Highly doubtful. But, like, imagining her, like... Mrs. Garcia. Like, Mom, I need you to translate this.
0: Why don't you bring home a nice a nice girl, Eddie? I know you're gonna settle down. And stop being a tape operator.
2: Stop hanging
1: out with these <laughs> British hooligans. <laughs>
2: Bring me a nice girl. <laughs> In the song, the line, If You Want Me Off Your Back, was originally the sexually charged line, On Your Front or On Your Back. <laughs> saucy. <laughs> In April 1982, producer Glyn Johns insisted that Mick Jones re record this line. Fearing that US radio stations would not touch a record with such a sexually suggestive line. Wow, which is really interesting because in our first song they were nervous that the radio wouldn't play it because it had God in the title.
1: Yeah, so they you know, they just don't want you to say anything, basically. Yeah,
2: they just want you to say nothing.
1: The funny thing is, like, if on your front or on your back was considered sexually charged then, and now there's like There's literally a song called Wet-Ass Pussy. And this is like... (laughs) On your front or on your back? (laughs) Oh, man, that's too much. Uh,
2: Mick. Mick Jones, we gotta re-record this. So does that mean there is a recording that says on your front or on your back? Somewhere. 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 Someone find it for us. Let's see. Let's see. Moving on. Introduced into the Clash's live set in Paris. Paris, France? Yes. The word you're looking for is... (laughs) (laughs) weak. Should I say or should I go set awkwardly in the set after Jones was fired? It was a hugely popular song, so fans expected it to be played, but its author and singer was no longer in the band. Uh, For a while in 1984, it was performed with new guitarist Nick Shepard singing lead vocals with added
1: nasty lyrics about Jones. I tried so (laughs) hard to find those. I tried so hard to find them, and I couldn't.
2: Oh, man. How rude of them
1: to just... I bet I was like, should I stay or should I go now? Go, we fucking hate you, Mick. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. We can't stand you.
2: Instead of the Spanish YOLO entiendo, it was like, should I stay or should I go now? Mick Jones is a fucking douchebag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, it's like Mick Jones, chinga tu madre.
2: Oh.
1: <coughs> that's Pardon? Like, that's like the only spanish words i know what does it mean i think it means live well we had a good run together in this band but our time is done now i wish you well in your future endeavors
2: that sounds about right should i stare should i go is one of the most covered clash songs with living color mxpx weezer and kylie minogue all covering the song Ice Cube and Mac Ten did a rap remake of the song for the 1998 Clash tribute album *Burning London*. I don't think I've heard any of those covers.
1: Have you? No, I think they're mostly. Um, besides Ice Cube, I think they're mostly like like concert specials, you know.
2: Ah. Uh-huh. This is a key song in the 80s-themed Netflix series Stranger Things. You don't say. You don't say. No way. The song was first used in the second episode where the character Jonathan Byers introduces it to his younger brother, Will, to distract him when their parents fight. Telling him it will change his life. When Will gets abducted into an alternate universe, (laughs) that's just such a funny sentence to follow that. (laughs) When Will gets abducted into an alternate
1: universe, the song becomes a way for him to communicate and a source of comfort. Aww. It's funny, this this song didn't seem to get the same boost as the other one. Yeah. Like, I mean, based on YouTube views alone...
2: Do you think it's like I said, like, the song, it just feels like you already know it. And it's
1: like, oh, I don't,
2: I don't need to look that up. Yeah. Because I've like, already heard it a million times.
1: I don't even need to listen to it. Yeah. Because it's on the Levi's commercial. Yeah. And I don't need a source of comfort. I'm not in an alternate universe. You know, the funny thing about that is, is like, you know, this is the least actually punk song of The Clash. Yeah. And it's the least, like, politically avert. So, of course, fucking Jonathan's like, this is the best one. <laughs> fucking dork. This will change your life, Will. This will ch- <laughs> yeah, this will change your life. Don't listen to other stuff.
2: <laughs> it's scary.
1: I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> That's scary, Will. We're from Indiana.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't know what those big words they say in are <laughs> Just listen
1: to stale Go. I gotta go now. Take some pictures of uh, a girl from my school when she's not looking. hmm. Wink. <laughs>
2: Netflix's creators, the Duffer Brothers, found... <laughs> they
1: agree with the show, not, not Netflix, the app.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Netflix creators, the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> Stranger Things creator, the Duffer Brothers, found the song of particular importance to the main narrative. Though The Clash were reluctant to lend their song to a show they perceived to be about, quote, monsters from an alternate world, end quote. That may denigrate its original cultural significance and meaning. Music supervisor Nora Felder convinced the band to lend the narrative their song after downplaying the role of the monster, explaining that the show is more about the, quote, bonds between family. (laughs) Don't worry, you guys, Mr. Clash Incorporated. It's just about Jonathan Byard giving this song to his younger brother, Will. It's <laughs> Ignore this part about him getting abducted into an alternate
1: universe. You think they were just as reluctant Reluctant when Levi's asked them in 91? <laughs> like, hey, uh, we have rips in our jeans, so I don't know if these new jeans, that's not really our aesthetic.
2: And then looking back, they're like, wow, jeans are good. Monsters are
1: bad. I didn't uh, find it anywhere to put this, but I gotta say, Nora Felder is, like, the real MVP of the show, the mm-hmm. music supervisor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She actually, like, looks at, okay, when is this When is this show set? Okay, what was popular then? And, like, pick songs based on that. Yeah. Like, that's why Kate Bush is in the fourth season, not in the first, because, like, that song wasn't out yet or whatever. Yeah. You do hate that. It is very annoying. When there's a show or
2: movie, and it's set in a very specific year, and they play a song that was not out yet.
1: It's it's very annoying. It is. But then she, she, like, fought for this song, and she fought for for Kate Bush. Like, she gets it done. Go cool, Nora. So she's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Nora, pretty cool? Uh, the Duffer Brothers did steal the idea for the show from someone else and got sued. Oh. And basically, they steal everything from the Goonies and Stand By Me and Steven Spielberg for the entire show, so... Hey,
2: hey, hey, we're not here to talk about that. Let's just, uh, we're here let's to just talk settle about down YouTube comments. Let's just
1: settle down calling them geniuses, is what I'm
2: saying. <laughs> Maybe they stole some ideas from these next things, because this song also appeared in 2003's Rugrats Go Wild
1: and Iron Man 2. <laughs> Do you think, uh... <sighs> that they the music supervisor of Rugrats Go Wild. I'm not sure if uh Tommy or Angelica I'm not sure if Angelica fits our whole aesthetic. Yeah. I don't want to denigrate our cultural significance with a baby singing our song. Or Reptar. Reptar bars. I think that's actually reptar is how they convince mm. like, wait. They're
2: like Reptars punk rock.
1: Wait, Reptar's in this? Reptar's in this? Yeah, take our whole catalog. We'll pay you. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Mr. Rugrat. (laughs) Mr. Nickelodeon. The band's, like, so, quote, politically active, or at least was. Then why would they allow their song in Iron Man 2, the military propaganda? Good question. Marvel movies are military
2: propaganda. Ah! Join us for our next podcast, Marvel Movies are Military Propaganda. In 2012, there was a controversy as One Direction's Live While We're Young was accused of copying the song's opening riff. The guitarist played thrice between the riff and the plectrum stroking the str- With the plectrum stroking the strings. Are these real words?
1: No, no idea.
2: While it is pressed, one note in the chord is changed, which many felt was done to avoid paying any royalty to the Clash. In November 2004, the song was ranked number 228 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list. In 2009, it was ranked 42nd on VH1's program 100 Greatest Hard Rock Songs. I want I, I to yeah, call that, it a
1: hard rock song. Yeah, like, I don't know their definition of hard rock, but this ain't it.
2: Yeah, because it could be a hard rock band, but this isn't a hard rock song. In right. I mean, opinion. this is
1: like a punk band, which I don't know if you want to put punk under hard rock. But this song isn't hard rock.
2: Would you put it's a pop punk under hard cock?
1: <laughs> I guess I'd have to see him first. That's <laughs> what we've learned about the clashes. Should I stay or should I go? I've learned a lot. Let's see if we can learn even more. From the YouTube comments. Uh, First comment comes from SL. Don't you hate when something you like gets too popular? I mean, I'm happy that people are enjoying this song, but that's not the case. People only like it because of a show. Mm, Classic. So like they like it because of a show, but they're not enjoying it. Yeah. They're not enjoying it.
2: Yeah, they found it because of the show. They're listening to it over and over and over. Not because they enjoy it.
1: Because of a show.
2: Yeah. So, fuck all these fake fans. I'm SL.
1: I'm S.O.L. And it's very funny to do this to The Clash. <laughs> which is like... <laughs>
2: one of the most
1: popular yeah, bands of, the, of all time. Right. Like god, i can't believe the beatles. They're getting way too mainstream. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> it's really more of a comment about like getting outside of your own bubble. You know, you think that you're the only one that likes this. But then you're like, wait a second, other people like this? And it's because of a show?
2: It can't be true. I, I like it because I saw it, I heard it in 2003's Rugrats Gone Wild! Like a real Clash fan!
1: Oh, these fake fans.
2: These fake fans. Do
1: you even reptar, bro? <laughs> Let's move on to a comment from Steven Adams. Everyone knows the hook, but today, I actually listened to the lyrics. <laughs> You can still use it today for a song about your toxic relationship, which I am currently trying to get away from. I dig it. <laughs> oh, Stephen, get help.
2: Meanwhile, SL hates Stephen Adams. He's like, "This is the first time you listen to the lyrics.
1: I can't believe you." You're supposed to read them like a like a like a story. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah. You doofus. Uh, moving on to. Ali A's toe, recent a toe. One,
2: a toe commented this.
1: A toe did yes. Ew. And actually, I think the profile is a toe. So that's ew. Disgusting. The profile. How long did thing. it take them to
2: type with just one toe?
1: Three weeks ago, they wrote. I asked out my crush, who I was really good friends with for a while. She didn't respond to me for two days after she read the message of me asking her out. On day three, I had enough, and I just sent her this song. She said I should go.
2: Oh, no! Maybe it's just because you're a toe. Maybe they're not into feet.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe you have the same profile picture on the on the text <laughs> of your big toe. Their crush is like, I don't even know who this is. A <laughs> uh, comment here from Donald McKeer. McKeer writes, I'm an older dude. And
0: I am not familiar with stranger things. But when I heard this song, I loved it. What man on the planet hasn't? What man on the planet Earth hasn't gone through that situation before in their life? At least once or twice, if not more. This song is definitely a classic. Besides, I think the guitar playing was great. The only other class song I know is Rock the Casbah, which shows you how old I am. Oh, well, oh. It was not my choice when I was born.
1: Shit happens, as they say. Wouldn't you be more likely to have heard more songs being older? Yeah. Like, have, you've, you've had more opportunities. <laughs> yeah. If you think the song's a classic, why wouldn't you be like, "I want to see what else they got going on"?
2: I thought you misspoke when you said "class," <laughs> but that's how they wrote it. The only other "class" song. <laughs> Imagine their name was the Class instead
1: of the Clash. Oh my God! Did you? Did you? Was it your choice when you were born? Oh, I was premature, so yeah, oh. it was my choice. I'm like. I'm a baby. Get me out of here. (laughs) Uh, Comment here from S. Atkinson. In relationships back then, people used to actually take time to decide, should I stay or should I go? But in today's world, couples simply break up by text message. Gasp. How things have changed.
2: (laughs) Oh no. S. Atkinson got dumped via text.
1: Back then? People used to actually rock the Casbah, but in today's world, people would just text message.
2: <laughs> Gasp.
1: Back then, people used to run up that hill. Now they just text message. Now they just Pokemon go. Gasp How <laughs> oh, Things have changed. Back then, people used to want candy. Now they only one candy crush.
2: <laughs> <Yay>. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm out of <laughs> you. <Yes>. Also, <laughs> also, people can still take time to decide should I stay or should I
1: go? Yeah, you have those few minutes before you hit send.
2: Right. Another <laughs> person just sees the bubbles popping
1: up. <laughs> Gasp! (laughs) Back today, people decide, should I stay or should I Pokemon go? (laughs) I'm trying to find Mew, but all I found was Moo. Gasp. Gasp. Uh, Moving on to Trace Random. Two years Hmm. ago, wrote, In fifth grade, my friend had a birthday sleepover. One friend left already before sleeping. And I was feeling like I should, too. One friend played this song at max volume. And I didn't want my friend to have two-thirds of his sleepover gone. And we had a great time that night. Maybe you should have left, you math nerd. Two-thirds of his sleepover
2: gone. (laughs) So many kids were there. Three?
1: Did you ever have that sleepover? Someone leaves?
2: All the time.
1: Oh, yeah. That happened to my birthday party once. This kid, Ben. And then we're all like, Ben! Ben, don't go. Yeah. Ben, you suck. Yeah. We were so pissed at him. I was this
2: girl, Haley, like, she could never stay over anywhere. It was known. Like, she would try. And then, like, you'd have to call her parents and have them come pick her up. And then my brother was friends with her brother for a little bit. He tried to stay over. Same thing. Like, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., my parents had to call his parents to come
1: pick him up. Oh, my God. It's like, what's going on in that house? Back then, kids used to sleep over. Now, they just text message. (laughs) Gasp. (laughs) Here's a comment from Ash Goku Hope. Bands like One Direction should watch bands like this. They can learn a lot. During these days, you had to have real talent to make it big.
2: Uh, no. Bands like One Direction should not watch bands like this because then they steal their guitar riff. (laughs)
1: Speaking of that, uh, there was one person in these comments who wrote, like, five comments defending One Direction. Like, it's okay to just use a a song the same. Like, people don't yell at Vanilla Ice for stealing from Queen.
2: Yes, they do! (laughs) I'm gonna comment back on that person and be like, Kids Today will literally comment on YouTube instead of doing one bit of research.
1: Gasp. People are... Kids these days, you tell you what? Nah, uh, tell me what. Uh, another uh, one, one D comment. Which, by the way, by the way, that last comment—you can try and tell me that Harry and Zane don't have real talent. Get out of here. Get out of here.
2: Get out. Get out of have here. Have you ever even?
1: Have you ever even heard watermelon sugar? You know how much time Harry spends in the mirror with that hair? It takes a lot of talent. His team. His team. <laughs> he hired them. Yes. Maybe. Uh, here's a comment from Soldier Girl '84. Soldier Girl, tell him. <laughs> Soldier Girl up in it. Whoa, <laughs> Supergirl that ho. Well, the intro to one of One Direction's songs, "Live While We're Young," sounds a lot like the intro to "Should I Stay or Should I Go." As far as Justin Bieber goes, he's just the laughing stock of the music world.
2: <laughs> what does that have to do with anything?
1: <laughs> okay. They're like, yeah, I wonder I should may have borrowed this guitar. But at least they're not Justin Bieber. Uh, yeah. The laughing stock. The laughing stock. Laughing all the way to the bank.
2: Yeah. You tell him, soldier girl.
1: You should go. Uh, here's a comment <laughs> from Nick's Taylor. We're entering our Stranger Things section of the comments.
2: Ooh. Oh,
1: that's... that's... Twilight Zone. That's a different, strange show. Yeah. I both hate and love the fact that people found this song on Stranger Things. 56 now. Went to university with this music. (laughs) Even remember buying my first bloody LP of the band. (laughs) Loving how people are discovering or relating to the music. Hating how people are finding their music from these shitting shows. (laughs) Rather than going out like we oldies did on an expedition to find great music. Oh,
2: that's how it worked back in the day. You went on a little archaeology dig, a little expedition (laughs) with your pals to find great music. You put your Doc Martens on and your headlamp and you went to urban spelunking to yeah, find gotta, great music.
1: We gotta hide some, cat, some of the Clash albums on a geocache. Yeah, you were geocaching for great music, <laughs> Nick Taylor. Then these kids will really know. Oh my god.
2: Have you ever seen a shitting show?
1: <laughs> I know we said this before, but like... What do these people expect? You're just supposed to like just go to the store and like look at every single record and buy every single one mm-hmm. and be like, "Wow, I found great music."
2: Yeah, but what if that record store doesn't have a Clash album? Then, then what? Then what? Then what, Just <laughs> Go buy, go buy another bloody LP, are you <laughs> sicko! Oh, there's blood on it.
1: <laughs> You're
2: disgusting.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's read a comment from Hawkeye Bro.
2: I'd rather not.
1: Okay, we'll skip it. Nah,
2: nah, I I don't hear know what
1: Hawkeye Bro has to say. (laughs) I've always loved this song, Mm -hmm. but then Stranger Things had to go and use it. And now every time I listen to it, I get slightly bummed out because all I can think about is poor Will.
2: Okay, I hope this isn't a spoiler from season one, but will lives, yeah, <laughs> he's okay, yeah, he might he might be a little fucked up, but
1: aren't we all
2: aren't we all so will had to go to an alternate universe and and I had a bad teacher once. It's yeah. all the same.
1: will had to go to an alternate universe, I had to go to a boot camp for bad kids. It's fine.
2: Yeah, it's fine. We're all fine. Will is fine.
1: I get slightly bummed out about Will because of his haircut. No shit. Jesus. Could they ever give him a new one? Get a life. His
2: forehead is like, should I stay or should I go? I'm always hidden behind these bangs. (laughs) Because he has a bowl cut. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a comment from Ccom0007. Robot. What the fuck is a stranger thing? (laughs) Just kidding. I just wanted to illustrate for the kids (laughs) how frustrating it is when you say something stupid that points out how culturally tone-deaf you are. Don't say, 1980, that was before I was born. Say, those guys rock. (laughs) I'm going to hunt down more of their history-making music. Oh, my God. You're welcome.
2: (laughs) Oh, Hey, you know what? Instead of saying World War Two happened before I was born, I I should say, those guys rock. I'm gonna hunt down more of their world changing initiatives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which I guess is a little too true for today's day <laughs> and age. I could have thought
1: of a funnier example. Hey, don't say uh, the Remix to Ignition is a great song. Say <laughs>
2: I'm gonna let him hide in my closet. Cause that guy rocks. <laughs> Thanks thank you, CK Mama of the Dill to D- 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 Seven.
1: If these comments are right side up Take me to the Upside Down. Yes,
2: please. Demogorgon.
1: Billy Corgan. <laughs> uh, so apparently so apparently, we just do like a, a, a soundtracks podcast now. It's our third soundtrack. Pretty Woman. Yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. And now this. We just do soundtracks all the time.
2: Well, there's a lot of music out there. And sure. A lot of it is on found via tv shows and movies and sometimes that makes people really fucking angry find music the natural way by listening to our podcast and following us on social media
1: and going to an expedition to Linktree slash music was better and finding all the links to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media
2: and make sure you tell your friends to do it too because heaven forbid they should find a music on a tv show or a movie
1: That's just wrong. Friends don't let friends discover music from a movie or a TV show. A to the men. So that's it for uh, this week's episode. Join us next week when we do the Schindler's List soundtrack with special guest Steven Spielberg. One of my
2: favorites. (laughs) See you next Tuesday.
0: Come on, come on, darling. Let's exchange the experience.